help us by the Holy Ghost to take these next 30 minutes, communicate a message that will transform our lives, that will be health to our flesh, will be life and transformation and renewal to our minds. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to walk in your word and walk in your ways. I thank you right now you're going to flood everyone's heart with light. You're going to remove blinders from our eyes that we can see the way you want us to live and how you want us to do it. Because whoever finds God finds Come on, let's do that one more time. Whoever finds God finds? There we go. We're awake now. It's the nine o'clock, the, the caffeinated crowd, right? So here we go. Let's jump into foundational, relational foundations, part three, foundations of marriage and family. Very, very important. We've been talking about how to get free from the orphan's heart, how to get free from the orphan's heart. And this is very important for this series and the foundational understanding how God wants us to do things. And so as I look at the love of God, Romans 5, 5 has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We know 1 Corinthians 13, write that in your notes, please read it. Because this is the blueprint for God's, not eros, not phileo, not storge. Storge is family love, phileo is brotherly love. In the Greek, eros is sexual love. But there's a, there's a love that we're called to walk in and build our foundation of our life upon. That's called agape. Agape is God's love for you and me. It's unconditional. It, it doesn't say, that's why religion really sucks. Because religion says, hey, if you're good, God will be good to you. How many know while we are yet in sin, Christ died for us? Religion says work harder, look better, and do better. But how many know relationship says you can't win, so I'll put the winner in you and I'll teach you how to win and I'll guide you and I'll send you a helper that will be with you and in you even until the end of the age and he'll show you how to love. He's the Holy Spirit. I love that scripture we read last week in Jude 1.20 because he tells us, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and then he says, staying in the center of God's love. Here, here's men, ladies, gentlemen, young people, you can't walk in love without the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't. You can be religious, but you can't walk in love. You can be legalistic, but you can't walk in love. Love believes the best of every person. Love's not rude. Love's not easily offended. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us that blueprint. Love believes the best of it. Love endures long. Love suffers long. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Love does not know jealousy. But how many know we run into problems in the church because a lot of people simply don't walk in love? How many know if you walk in love, you have less conflict? When you walk in love, you don't say divorce. We're not here to preach what the TV says. We're here to preach what the Word of God says. We build our doctrine upon the truth of God's Word. So if the Holy Spirit helps us stay in the love of God, what's the world really want? A better, a better president? A better politician? Not really. Most of them are full of greed, pride, and arrogance. I'm not saying don't vote. Don't get me wrong. You do your part. God will do His part. But what the world needs in Romans tells us Romans 8, 19, for even the whole creation, all of nature waits expectantly longs for earnestly God's sons to be made known. Waits for the revealing and the disclosing of their sonship. 
What's God waiting on? Actually, let me put it this way. What's, what's your wife waiting on? What's your husband waiting on? You to reveal the sonship of Jesus Christ. Because the sonship of Jesus Christ represents who Jesus is. Jesus is the manifest person and presence of the living God. You say, how do you know that? Because he said in his word, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God's doing, look at Jesus. Read in the red. He's the exact representation of the Father. That's why if your doctrine says God doesn't heal, it's wrong. Jesus is the healer. How God went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed to the devil, for God was it with him, Acts 10, 38. Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. See, some people want to throw that into the category of a prosperity gospel. That's not what the Bible's talking about. That word life is zoe. That's the God kind of life, the God quality of life. This refers to the kingdom that represents righteousness, being made right by him, not by my own ability, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many know the world needs some joy? The world needs some shalom, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. So when I looked at the foundation of the family, I looked at a father and mother that I grew up in a home 40-some years, 50-some years ago, that when I grew up, I, I had a, not a perfect father, but a submitted to the will of God father. Not a perfect mother, but a submitted to the word of God and the will of God. Can I, can I tell you this? Get back to reading the Bible. I know that sounds simple, but that's the foundation for everything. If you continue in my word, well, I read Reader's Digest. I listened to a podcast. I did this. I did that. Get back to the word of God because everything in this, everything in our society is being shaken, including the church. But you know what? The Bible says that those things that are unshakable in Hebrews are the things that will remain. Everything is shaking. But the word of God stands firm because we stand on this foundation. So if the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, I love this. The Lord said to me this. I got these two points I want to share, but if you're not established in the love of God, these don't matter. If you don't read the word and listen to the Holy Spirit, these two don't matter. You can come to a cute little reception for your child and put on a nice dress and still go to hell. It just doesn't work playing games with God. And here's the way the Bible tells us that the sonship, being a son of God, he said to me, before you're a pastor, you're a son. Before you're a father, you're a son. Before you're a leader, you're a son. Before you're an entrepreneur, you're a son. Before you're a businessman, you're a son. Before you can really lead that woman, you have to understand sonship. See, the whole book of Romans 8 goes on to tell us in this hour, Romans 8, 14, I'll do a dissertation on this in about three weeks. But he tells us, and he told me this in 2024, those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the true sons of God. If you don't sense the leading of the Holy Spirit, you might not be saved. You might not be a true son. But then I read down a few scriptures. He says, the Holy Spirit testifies with us that we are children of God. Then a few verses later, he said, the world's waiting for sons. So what are we, sons or children? How many know children don't walk in the authority of the father, but sons do? Daughters that know who they are walk in the authority of the father. That's what he's trying to show us and tell us. But in this divine order, how do we understand that we're sons? How do we bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord? 
we did a, a really incredible conference several years ago with one of our deans from our Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and his name was Tony Cook. He came and spoke for us, did a marriage conference. We did the marriage conference, man, I watched everybody for two days. People were getting it. They were, they were reading, and I think it was one of George's neighbors. That couple was standing there. They invited them to come. They came. The guy stood up at the last service, and they looked at each other. They grabbed hands. He said, we're going to do a re- renewal of vows service. And I was like, I was kind of rejoicing as a pastor at the outward actions. How many know sometimes you see outward actions aren't always the way inward things happen? But I, I seen this couple, man, I'm like, we prayed for them to get here. They came, and now they're renewing their vows. They're probably over in their late 60s, and man, God's doing a miracle. And, and I seen them renew their vows, and then I heard the testimony later on. I said, what happened? He said, they got home, and she had all these notes and was so excited from the conference and said, man, what? My life has changed forever. She told her husband, she said, what do you want me to do with these notes? And he looked at her and said, throw them in the garbage. And, and how many know that just sunk that, that woman's life right there? In other words, I heard some things, but I have no intention on doing them. When we do things God's way, how many know it just works? How many believe in tithing? If you want to relieve financial tension in your marriage, just become a tither. How many know that's simple? It's real simple, but how many people know that in the body of Christ, they say today in America, only 3% across the board will tithe. And so as tithers, we don't have financial pressure because we're doing the will of God first. It's our priority of life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added. So when I looked at this, I said, I want to give you three Ps today. Father, what do you want to restore in the divine order of the foundation of understanding the love of God and letting the Holy Spirit help us to walk it out? This love is already in our hearts, but how do I walk that out? How do I live in that love? And I wrote number one, passion. The reason we don't have passion is because we lost our love connection. You see, our love connection, I used to love my wife, when, when, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, three years ago. I used to, we lost our love connection. And you say, which one? The one with my spouse? No, the one with the father. Because you can't show love until you know love. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 John 4, verse 16, he said, I pray, I love what the apostle John, the apostle of love tells us, that you might come to know and believe and trust and be, listen to this word, and be conscious of God's love for you, for God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God. Then he goes on to tell us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, for as he is, so are we in this world. But you get down to verse 18, and here's what he tells us. He says, Fear comes where there is no love. Where there is no love, where you don't know God's love and haven't matured in the love of God, fear dominates. But the Bible tells us perfect love, that's agape. Say perfect love. Perfect love love casts out all fear. Well, perfect love is who Jesus is. He's the perfect love of the Father. While you were yet in sin, he gave you Jesus. While you were yet in sin, he died. While you were yet in sin, he went to hell for you. He died on a cross for you. He shed his blood for a sacrifice for you. Come on, that's passionate love. We're getting ready to celebrate. We had Ash Wednesday, and we're pushing toward Easter, this passion of Christ that we're celebrating. Someone had passion for me, and I understand it. Now I can have passion for someone else. Why did we lose our love connection? Because we don't know who he is. 
He's the word that became flesh, Jesus Christ. The Logos, the written word of God. It's the Bible tells us in Ephesians 5 that this is by the washing of the water of the word, how we get cleansed by the word. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going, passion comes from the word uh, an intense desire or enthusiasm. That word enthusiasm comes from entheo, which means the God within you. How many know if you don't have God within you, you don't have the capacity to love? You have all those other three love languages. You have eros. That's very, that's very low rent kind of love because it's just sexual love that attracts. And once the attraction's gone, that love's gone. Then you have storge. That's family love. We can love because we're in the family and sometimes that doesn't work out and that leaves. And then we have phileo, brotherly love. That's good until we get into disagreement and then we separate ways. But the agape kind of love never fails. That's a passion that's in you by the Spirit of God shed abroad in your heart to do the will of God. So we see in the beginning in Genesis 3, says, now look at this. Where's our fall? Where's our disconnect from that love? Because we know God is love. Where's our disconnect? Well, pastor, I've never been connected. Well, you may not. But Adam was connected. He was connected walking with God in the cool of the day. He was the essence of walking every day and fellowshipping with love because God is love. He understood love. He understood everything about who God was. But the serpent said to the woman, go ahead and take of this fruit. You'll not surely die. God knows in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. You'll know the difference between evil and good, blessing and calamity. I jump down to verse eight. He says, and then you know what happens Sin comes, not only do we fall, but we disconnect from the love of God. We disconnect from agape. And I heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam said to his wife, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. The Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. Who is walking? God. Who is God? God is love. God is love. Love was walking in the garden. My love connection was coming to fellowship with me, but he couldn't find me. So he said, where are you? And he said, I heard you walking in the garden. And the first time we ever see fear in the Bible, I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. Then God asks, love asks, who told you you were naked? Let me just read this to you. I just wrote this in my notes. In the loss of the love connection with God, sin brought condemnation, guilt, shame, blame, and disconnect, and fear. Fear produced independence and selfishness. We went from God and love consciousness to a sin and self-consciousness. We went from feeling like we were more than enough to feeling like we are not enough. Jesus came to restore our sonship. Jesus came to get us back in right relationships so we could have God's love. He came to bring the, 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 the branch so we could be in the vine and abide in him. Your faith will never work till you believe that God loves you. Your faith will, you'll never reconnect with God's agape love till you believe you're loved. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. That's the greatest miraculous love that God, while you were in sin, would send his son to die for you.
and pay for your sins, past, present, and future. Now look, here's kind of how I connected this. So I love this because my son, stand up, Judah, whether you want to or not. (laughs) Judah 16, give it up for Judah. Okay, sit down. I know I'm going to catch havoc for that. Why'd you do that, Dad? But, but, but Judah turned 16 on Valentine's Day because he's our love child. And, and when Judah was three years old, I won't play the video, but Judah, we played it a couple years ago. When Judah was three years old, he walked into my office early in the morning, and he had these cute pajamas on, and he looked up at me, and he said, Dad. I said, what? And I just got my video camera out. That's why I had it because I seen this glow all over his face. He said, Jesus saved me. I was like, you know, I'm a pastor. I, I have books everywhere and Bibles I'm studying. You can't be saved until you hear the gospel. I said, what happened? And he said, Jesus saved me. I said, what did he do? He said, Judah, I love you, Judah. And he saved me. How many know that's pretty simple? And then Gabe wrote the song about it's simple. It is just that simple. God's so loved. So now the fruit of that is, me and my wife pick him up at soccer games and games and outings with his friends. And Judah stands at a golf event and everyone's standing around acting real cool as 15 and 16 year olds. And Judah said, hey guys, I love you. And he hugs this one. And and people are just watching and looking. He, He hugs Judah. He hugs Jude Stevens. He hugs Nathan, Nathaniel. He hugs this other guy. I love you guys. I love you guys. I'll see you at school tomorrow. And parents are just looking around like, what was that? Now, now, that's not something he does for attention. We didn't tell him to do that. He just does that because he's full of the love of God. Now, if you don't have a love connection, you can't do marriage well. If you don't have a good love connection, you can't do family well. You can't raise children well because kids will drive you crazy. If you don't understand this agape, foundational God kind of love, it won't work. So I, I started realizing something as I study, and I can't really go into the message today. But I was like, okay, God, so Adam and Eve missed it. Most guys are a little clueless. Some of you came today, you're from a religious church, you're not used to people being honest and bold and real. But if you continue in the word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And I'm not trying to be embarrassing or bold, but I'll tell you this. Kindness is clarity. Jesus was strong, but he was truthful because he loved people. So when men are a little clueless and you start talking about these three things, men have a big capacity in their brain for these three things. This is most of what men function on. Men have this big frontal lobe in their brain that occupies about 93% of your front. And when you mention sex, men, men like, what? That's why Instagram's winning really big right now. You mentioned sex, men were what? You mentioned food, men are what? Steak and cheese? Pizza? I just woke some people up. So sex, food, and sports. That's about occupying 93% of your brain. And we just woke up some men in the church today. But you know what? You, you, you need help. I need help. Let's be real. You're driven with your eyes. You, you have an eye gate that drives you. That's why it's important that you make a covenant with your eyes not to sin. That's why you have good life groups, good relationships, and you keep people accountable. That's what the love of God does in your life. But as I started thinking about this, I started realizing that, that 
two things happened to Adam and Eve. I don't know if you ever heard this taught before, but it's, it's revealed to me in my spirit. Come on, babe, come up here. I, I know I didn't tell her about this, so she's going to be upset, but it's all good because she's a submissive wife. I'm joking. Would you hold the piece of fruit? It's a good illustration. Turn that way. I just want you to get this picture in your mind. Ready? Men were called to lead, right? Men were called to lead. God just created whole creation, right? Let me give you Genesis 1. He created the earth, the fullness thereof. He put gold in there. Everything a woman would need, he got gold in there. He got special jewels in there. Read it by the rivers. He got fruit. He got delicious sugar fruit. He got berries. He got strawberries. Everything you desire. And he said it was good. So if God said it was good, it was awesome. Amen? It was Eden. It was called Eden is voluptuous. So all of a sudden, God creates this beautiful place. And he says, you guys don't even need clothes. How many know you were clothed in the glory of God? Adam's having a great time. But something happened. The snake slithered in and presented this to his wife. And what was he doing? He was in Eden, ESPN. He was probably channel surfing. He didn't see the snake coming in. He was doing important stuff. Super Bowl. He was watching. And all of a sudden, he hears over there, what you did? And his wife just walks over, didn't probably tell him the context, comes over, turn around, babe, says, hey, I had this fruit and I took a bite of it. You want some? And he's like, he's probably distracted a little like his ADDs were. He said, sure. Oh, crap. You can go sit down. Thank you for being an incredible wife. But, but listen, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. So while she was making a decision independent of her husband to partake of the fruit that the serpent had deceived her, the husband was doing something different. He wasn't paying attention. So true leadership would have said, hold up. What happened here? That snake slithered in here and told you a lie. What? thrown the apple away life would have went on who'd God hold accountable Adam where are you what's going on what were you doing and what Adam say listen to our typical male wait wait sports centers on God um she she made the devil made her do it but she made me do it it's her fault God said, put that down. Hear me, guys. You're the head of the home. You're the head of the home. You're the head of the home. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. This is what men don't do today. Take, how come your family's not in charge? I don't know. Let mama take them. Now, she's making decisions independent of the husband. And sometimes when the husband won't lead, thank God for mothers that by default they will lead and bring their kids to church and do the will of God and be a giver. But how many know that wasn't God's order and that wasn't God's plan? God's plan was to, then men, what we do is we put our head down. I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. It might not be the clicker. I got to go to the Penguins game. I got to work. So we use the work excuse. 
So we're working by the sweat of our brow instead of getting in the New Testament and in the kingdom where everything your hand touches prospers because you're seeking first the kingdom. God's adding to, God's multiplying, and you still have love in your marriage because your marriage is the priority before anything else. Actually, God's your first priority. So you're receiving from the love of God. Then here's a, here's a couple years later, what do we have happen? So, so I just wanted to mention this, and you can read in 1 Kings, probably 14 through 20, specifically 16. Eve sought independence to do her own thing, while Adam was, hear the word clear, highlighted, passively doing something else, while sin slipped into the home. Passively. So we jump several hundred years after David in 1 Kings 16. And what do we see? The Bible, you can go home and read this. We have the same sin. We have a guy by the name of the father Omri. Omri was the father, the king of Israel, the the father of Ahab that married a girl named Jezze. Wasn't Jesse's girl, it was Jezebel. Whoa, 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 study the history. He was extremely wicked, Omri, and he was extremely wicked in the sight of the Lord. How is it that a generational lineage is tainted with the same sin of Adam and Eve where the father does whatever, doesn't follow God, and Omri produces an Ahab, and an Ahab is exceedingly passive. He's just passivity is his life. I grew up in the king's palace. I do what I want when I want. And he just happened to connect with a Phoenician woman by the name of Jezebel, who Jezebel is actually meaning Baal worshiper. So a son of Israel in the kingdom marries a girl that he likes named Jezebel from Syria and and Phoenicia, which does sexual acts and sacrifices children and kills people before harvest in October and after harvest as worship to this Baal God. Sounds a lot like some guy in the White House who said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. (laughs) But wait, wait. But Hillary had the same spirit as a Jezebel because while someone was screwing around in the White House, He let his wife make all the decisions. He refused to take responsibility for his actions. And many, many more families in our nation that have sold out to Baal worship and baby sacrifice. Why they will fight you for abortion, but they won't follow the will of God. And why this whole Epstein thing came up, because you say, hey, it's a whole different thing. No, it's the same thing under different people that are just greedy and hide it more. Why? Because men would be soft and passive and wouldn't do the will of God. And it slipped into America. And how many know it's time for men to stand up? Can I have an amen? At Grace Life, we build strong men. Because when you do things in divine order, it works. Say no more Ahab spirit. That's passivity. It'll kill your family. It'll kill your life. It'll let sin come in. It'll take over with porn and with, with, with dope and let your father stand up. The minute a book comes into that house, I challenge you men. Know what that school system's. Oh, you're a little boy, but you could be a girl. Burn it. That's what fathers do. You messing with my kids? 
Those are my prized possession. Those are the most important thing on the planet next to my wife and first my God, then my wife, then those kids. My goal in life is to raise them in the agape God kind of love in this word and by the Holy Spirit that I need help all the time so that they see and know the will of God for their lives. Say no more passivity. passivity. Revelations has a lot to say about a Jezebel spirit, but we won't go there today. How many know? And and, and you say, well, pastor, he said the evil word submission and called his wife up here. Let me re-correct something. We're heirs together of the grace of life. The only reason I am who I am is because she is who she is. We are team Schaefer. The day we went into ministry... When I say the word submission, it's not the abusive Italian word that my grandfather used. Submit, woman, have babies, cook dinners, and be quiet. That's not the word I use. I use the godly word submission, that we are submitted one to another in the fear of the Lord, that she is the best part of my life, that Christ is 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 the groom, and the bride is important to Jesus. And that woman's so important to me. And you know what? She needs to dress well. She needs to live well. She needs to do well. And I need to see to it. Can I have an amen? Amen. That's loving your wife and sacrificing your life as Christ loved the church and making her number two. I won't get this today, but making her the priority after Jesus. After your love connection, you make that wife of your life your priority. Do you know what the world says? You know what else Eve was doing? I want independence. You've been around in the 60s. I don't need you. Hate to say this in church, but many people said he's just a sperm donor. I don't need a father. And the political view was get the fathers out of the house and we'll give that woman money as long as the, as long as the dad stays away. Because we're anti-Christ and anti-God system. And if we can destroy the family and we can get the, the men off the farm and into the factory and drinking beer at night and forget about the family, we can destroy America. Come on, someone say amen to that. The truth will make you free. But now we say, wait, I'm taking back my priorities. The Bible says in Genesis 2, 24, therefore a man shall leave his father. Come on, Seth. Gracie, where are you at? Leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and the two shall become one flesh. If Pat and Wayne are watching, they're sitting on the beach in Florida and they have a great life because they're team Pat and Wayne. They're team Buck and Amy. You're a team in this. I've watched people, my mom and dad, I watched them work together. I watched them work together. And now we're having the time of our life working together. Some, some people, where's your wife? Oh, my old lady is at the house. I called her my old lady. I come to church with a knot on my head. <laughs> you don't put up with that garbage. My old lady. You watch how you speak to your wife. Come on, say amen to that. Amen. The Bible tells us there's a divine order that God gave us. There's, a, there's, a, there's an alignment that God gave us. And the faulty foundations happen when we don't follow God's order. Very interesting. Ephesians 5.21 says, Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show support for Christ. Husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does the church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. 
So just as the church submits to Christ and exercises such leadership, come on, say to men, everyone say, men, let me hear the bass. Say, take responsibility. Love it. By cherishing, not by dominating, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ and exercises such leaderships, wives should likewise, this is the Bible, this is in me, should likewise submit to their husbands. Whoa, 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 that submission means to work together. Hey, babe, do you want to buy this? I don't need to ask her. Yes, you do. If you want to have a good marriage, you do. Hiding the golf clubs, hiding the power tools. You can't hide the new car. No, no, you're one together of the grace of life. You walk, you walk through decisions together. You raise kids together. You buy property together. You multiply together. You give together. I preach a sermon called Marriage Merger. Listen, if you, if you have two different checking accounts, you're in trouble. You're setting a, you're, you never merged and you, you might be setting yourself up for the big D. But how many know the first divorce happened when sin came with Adam and Eve? We've been trying to keep things together ever since. So I looked at this and I went, wow, listen listen to this. Verse 25, husbands go all out in love for your wives. How many got God's love in you? I've seen your life change and your family change. You have God's love all through you. You're a man of God. You're a man of love. And you're walking in the love of God. It transforms your life and your family, doesn't it? So now you're in love with your spouse, right? And the Bible says right here, I love this. Husbands go all out. In your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Remember, consumers are contributors. If you're always taking from the marriage, you won't have a marriage soon. If you're already just withdrawing from the love bank, you'll be empty soon. But how many know a a generous marriage is giving and giving and giving in and giving and giving. All of a sudden, your cup overflows. But the Bible says right here, You go all out for your wives, exactly how Christ did the church. Love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. Look at this. His words invoke her beauty. Guys, can we take a minute from the three things, sex, food, and sports? Can we learn a little bit just for a minute? And work and profit. I'll add that. Your words invoke her beauty. My wife's standing in the mirror. 17 years ago babe how do you like this dress and in my mind I thought I hate it (laughs) and I wrestled should I say I like it then she'll wear it all the time (laughs) how many know we're not that smart and I did the stupidest thing in my life I said I don't like it I'm still catching hell I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I, I'm just, I just made that. I'm sorry. But, but that, that for about three days, it was cold. Have you ever had that? It was cold. And then I'm not that bright. I'm in the car. We just got married. We're going on a revival tour and I'm sitting in the car. I'm only married. You got to give me grace. I'm married two weeks. I'm sitting in the car. Uh, 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 uh. What a moron. I'm like, what about helping her pack? What about getting her luggage? What a, now I do stuff like there's times it's an hour and I'm cleaning the windshield, wiping the seats off, start doing the tires. She's like, aren't you ready? I'm like, I was ready an hour ago, but I wasn't going to be in the flesh, so I started cleaning the car in the garage. 
But you know what? I'll tell you how to solve that. For the last 18 years, we drive two cars to church. (laughs) Can I tell you this? Uh, Jimmy Evans says this. 60%, 67% of things in marriage are unresolvable. I'm still going over hitting the thing. I want it 67. It feels like heaven. She's like 72. I don't care about you. And I'm like, I'm like, I like it cooler. She likes it hot. So now I'm sleeping in David's linen ephod and she's all bundled up. You got to work out the difference because men are from Mars. Women are from somewhere else. I've learned so much over the last 30 years. Listen, don't ever take that woman to a place that's crappier than your bedroom. I took her to this place. She said, babe, the bed's horrible. The, the, the room, what is this? I said, if you, if you want, see, there's just wisdom you pick up along the way, amen? And now she's like, you like the dress? Oh, it's awesome! You, you just, your words invoke her beauty. And you know the worst days of my life are when I spoke bad words to her. Not meaning to, but sometimes as men, we don't think. Let's be honest. And I hurt that little girl. And the Lord says, his words invoke her beauty. Everything he does was designed to bring out the best in his church. Everything I do has to bring out the best in her. I hate to walk. I've ran in college and in, and, and in high school probably millions of miles. I don't know. Probably not. But like 10, they say 10 to 20, 30 miles per soccer game. I don't know. Seth might know. You run. So enjoyment for me, like Josh Janoff, he, he likes to go, what do you want to do to relax? Run 10 miles. I'm like, stab me with pins while I sit on the beach. I don't want to, I want to run. I, I don't want to run anywhere. You want to go walk, nature walk six miles into the wilderness? No. Now I'll do it on a motorcycle. But you know, she loves to walk. I got to get with her on that trail and love to walk. I'm happy, happy, and I'm fighting with myself the whole way. You know what I don't fight about? What restaurant do you want to go to? This one. And my big desire, I don't care. Well, I do care about food. That's, a, that's one of the love languages. But, but if we have to wait, I'll take crappy food over a long wait. Because I hate to wait. I hate the tunnels. I hate Disney World. Sorry, guys. Disney World is like you got a fast pass and you still wait an hour to get on the ride. That's what hell's going to be like. You're going to wait three hours. You're going to be sweating and you're not getting on the ride. I'm serious. But you know what? Seriously, I'm learning that you know what this is? The God kind of love helps you die to the flesh and die to self. You know what it does? Got this beautiful theater room and nice chairs and this big TV. And I hate movies. Her love language is watch a movie with me. Oh, that's going to be a huge extended nap for me. (laughs) To get me to sit in one place for more than an hour? Do you know that's like, you need like some kind of drugs or something. When I drink water, it's like Red Bull to me. But, but, but she, 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 oh, babe, look at the movie. And I'm just like, what, what am I supposed to see? But you know how many Hallmark movies I watched in the last couple years? And the... The dang horse always comes back. 
the girl always marries the high school guy and not the attorney. I'm telling you. It's like backward masking country music. You get your wife back, you get the horse back, you get your truck back, you get the house back. Listen, but you know what? That's what she loves to do. So guess what? I, I, I got to get better at it. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't testify and say, I arrived. I want to watch a movie. And I think there's 68 things I need to do before the sun goes down. And watch a movie is not on my top three. But his words, everything he does is designed to bring out the best of her. Dressing her in dazzling white. Guys, let her shop. Well, I need to get new exhaust for my car. And I got wheels and I got chrome. And she's wearing stuff that looks like a burlap sack. Give her the dang credit card. Give her some cash. Go to Nordstrom's. Get some shoes. How many know God loves to dress up his church in dazzling white? You make sure she looks good. God will make sure you look good. You want your business to prosper? Start making your wife look good. Why no amens? You say, Pastor, I'm leaving the church. I don't care. God will send some other people that love their wives. This is the Bible. Brings out the best in her. Dresses her in dazzling white. Radiant with holiness. And how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds it. He pampers it. That's how Christ treats the church since we are a part of his body. And this is, the way, this is why a man leaves, relinquishes, or lets go of his father and mother. Get out of your parents' basement. And cherishes his wife, no longer two, but they become one flesh. Let me close right here. Wow. Your priority is the spouse God gave you more than anything else on the planet next to Jesus. You connect to Jesus and learn God's agape love. You make your wife a priority before your business, before anything. I see people in this age, they do, their, their wives, husband, they meet up once in a while, but they don't do life together. I'm having almost 30 years of doing life with my wife. It's so much. I was with Bill Shear hanging out in Florida. It's like, okay, this is enough boy time, enough man time. How many know we need some women in the group? Amen. Because God said it's not good to be alone. I will make for, I gave you a purpose. I gave you a dream. And then I gave you a wife to help you. To help not compete with you, but to complete you. That woman didn't preach for 15 years. We were preaching at the theater. The thing blew out on Easter. She jumped up, started preaching. Just happened to be in that crowd was a guy from Cornerstone TV. He said, that woman can preach. First time. That woman can preach. She's been on Cornerstone for many years now. Because guy was sitting there the day. Well, women ain't called to preach. Get a real Bible. Start to study the word. Find out what the doctrinal truth is. We're not going there today. How many know? I'll close with this scripture. But he says, they'll cleave. That word cleave means to catch by pursuit. Some of the biggest problems in your marriage is the chase is over for you. With men, we like to kill. We stab the deer. We gut it, and then we're done. Someone go put it in a car, put meat in a freezer. It's all good. So what you did to catch your wife you stop pursuing her. You don't open the door anymore. Your hair used to be nice. Now it looks like a Brillo pad. You don't take care of yourself. 
And, and where's that woman she married? He married, sorry. That's a bad word in these days. Where, where's that man that she married? Because now you're one flesh. You're heirs together grace of the life, of the grace of life. Say, say, grab your wife right now. Say, we're a team. Blancy and Sherry, are you a team? You guys did this together, didn't you? You raised those boys together. You worked all those nights at the dealership, and she helped take care of the boy. You did it together. You're still together. You're still together. You're still together. You're still, you do this together. You're in this together. You are one flesh. You are inseparable. What's he say right here? First Peter 3. Ready? Let's close here. In the same way you wives accept the authority of your husbands, even if someone refused to obey the good news, one translation says, if anyone does not the word, if your husband is in serving God, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the artwork beauty and the hairstyles. Well, some people are. You should be. Every barn needs a little paint. Can I have an amen? Fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, beautiful clothing. You should clothe yourselves instead of with beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. You say, how's that submission work? I know when I'm out of line because the Holy Spirit tells me. When that woman starts praying, I get scared. Sometimes she gets up in my grill a little bit, but sometimes she just, she'll just... She'll just pray. And the Lord said to me a long time ago, the first couple months of marriage, we were traveling on the road. And I snapped at her about something. And I heard the Lord's voice say to him as I get ready for my sermon, he said, I'll treat you how you treat her. I love my church. You're called to love your wife. And I was like, whoa. Listen what he says here. She starts praying. I, I, you know, the hardest thing for me in my humility is when God gives me an answer. It used to be when God gives me an answer. I'm praying, Lord, what's... Your wife has the answer. Ah. <laughs> but how many know it's a great word that when we're working together, sometimes one of the keen senses of a woman listens to the Spirit of God more than guys do. So if you're not doing this together, you're in trouble. God knew you don't compete, you complete. When you're completing and you're working together, now you're a team. And now you don't badger him and be like a dripping. You say, God, I got his number. God, I pray for him to see. I pray for the eyes of his heart to be flooded with light. I pray for them to be a doer of the word. I pray. And this is what Sarah did when Abraham actually gave her into a harem. I never gave my wife away. And the guy realized, Sarah started praying. Nobody could touch her. She was protected. And the guy said, here, take a couple multi-millions of dollars in cattle and livestock and silver and gold. Take your wife. You lied to me. Take her and go away. Abraham started straightening up. I better listen a little bit more to to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But then he says right here, clothe yourself instead of beauty that comes from within, unfading, gentle, quiet spirit. The Amplified says that it's not wrought up or anxious. This is how holy women of old beautified themselves. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. Not abuse. Did you hear me? Not abuse. There's there's whoremongers, haters, idolaters, and abusers. And that man abuses you, you bounce. Can I have an amen? Amen. 
That man puts a hand on you, say, see ya, don't want to be ya. You're nobody's doormat. You're a woman of God, deeply loved and highly favored. But the devil wants to shift that because men have been abusers because you don't need him. You see the difference? There's a balance there. He wants to break up the family. She obeyed. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called him master. You are daughters when you do what is right without fear of what husbands might do. In the same way, let's close right here. Husbands, here's your commission, ready? You must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you. Not by any other way, mentally, but physically. The, but this is the translation of the Bible. She's physically weaker. Can I, that, that's a good advertisement for men. Stop trying to do woman's sports. Can I have an amen? amen? She's physically weaker. You're a liar and a cheater and stop doing it. That's loserhood with a capital L. Anyway, that was, shouldn't have done that. But anyway, same way husbands give honor. I treat them with understanding. You live together, a weaker vessel, because she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, guys. If you don't, your prayers will be hindered. Your prayers will be hindered if you treat your wife wrong. I was in many counseling sessions and I brought this up. Your prayers getting answered? Nah. How you treating your wife? Are you praying? Nah. How you treating your wife? God gives us this beautiful example of his passion, of his priority, and of his pursuit. And in Ephesians 5, he says, Paul says, I'm not really talking to you about marriage. I'm using that as an illustration. I'm talking to you about how Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. That's the best example of what marriage looks like. Today as we close, today as we get delivered from passivity, today as we're not focused on our own independence, we're working together as a team to create a beautiful family that's the foundation for the kingdom of God. That when we have a strong family, we have a strong church. The church is the hope of the world. The church lifts up Jesus. The church brings healing to the chaos in the government. That's why Jesus said, the government will be upon my shoulders. And to my reign and my government, there will be no end. How many are a part of that church? Give a shout. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Father, I thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost to give us true biblical foundations the way you see it, Father God. Not the way the world sees it. In fact, we're not going to conform to the world. We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Today, you've changed us. Today, you've given your word. And today, you've told us that you're passionate about us. Today, you've told us you're pursuing us. Today, you said, when Adam disconnected through sin... We were your priority. And while we were still in sin, you sent your only son to die for us. And the only determination between heaven and hell, between victory and losing, is that some accept the love of God, Jesus Christ, and some don't. Today, if you say, Pastor, in my heart, whether you're watching online or you're sitting in this room, you say, in my heart, today I'm going to make room for Jesus Christ. Because he's God's love that was manifest. His passion, he went to the cross for me. His passion, he died for me. His passion, he shed his blood. The blood of the lamb was the sacrifice for my sin. 
my stupidity, my disconnection. And today I come to say the only reconnection is in Christ. The only reconnect is that I believe God's love. And what is God's love? God's love is Jesus. And he tells us, whoever calls upon that name shall be saved. With every head bowed and eye closed, just real quick before I bounce to the other campus, you say, Pastor, when you pray in about 10 seconds, pray for me to know God through Christ, to download his love in my heart, that I can know I'm a child of God and heaven is my home for eternity. That's you. Just slip your hand up real quick in this place. Just pop your hand up. Say, that's me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you there. Thank you there. Thank you over there. Thank you there. Thank you there. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just put your hand up real quick. Let God's love, that's all I'm asking. You'll let God's love come into your life through Jesus Christ. Just lift your hand up. Thank you. I'm going to wait a couple more seconds because your eternity is so important. Your eternity is the most important thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any men? I feel like there's some men left. Just slip your hand up if God's speaking to you. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Thank you. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you there. Thank you back there. This is the most important decision in your life. I'm not a pastor that wants to have the best friends in the world and drive the nicest car. I want to get the black and gold section all the way to heaven. And I want your kids serving the Lord. And I want fathers. When God called us to this region, he said, don't just plan a church. He said, transform a region. Transform a culture. Jesus is the only way. We're all going to pray together right now. And you online, would you pray with us? And everyone in this place, can we pray out loud? And you that raised your hand or should have, let's pray together. Ready? Let's do it. Say, Jesus, today I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I repent of doing life my way. And I ask you to forgive me. I repent. I change my mind. And I'll do it your way. Your way is the Bible. Your way is the Holy Spirit that helps me right now to become a child of God. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'll be baptized. I'll read my Bible. I'll come to church. I'll hear the word. And my life today is full of God's love in Jesus Christ because he's my Savior. Come on, give a shout if you believe that works every time, every time. How many know that doesn't happen by a pastor? That happens by the Holy Spirit. And so listen, as my transition guy comes, I'm going to walk out of here. But would you do me a favor right where you're sitting? How many say, Pastor, I just want a deeper level of revelation in my marriage and in my family? Put both hands up. If you don't, I don't know about you. My kids got to serve the Lord, and I got to leave a legacy of love in the earth. Hold your hands up. If you don't want to, keep your hands down. Because I believe my words bring faith into the room, and it brings life and power. Father, I thank you for the people that are here today that don't know you, and they're just religious. I thank you. They're not going to be able to sleep till they confess their sin to you, and they come to the knowledge of Christ. And I pray for all the believers in this room that already know you. I thank you. You open up a length, a depth, a height, and you say how long your revelation is. Holy Spirit, show them how much God loves them. And when they receive that love, that agape love, I thank you, Lord God. They're going to be able to love their wives, love their kids, love their families. 
because I decree they're not self-conscious, but they're God-conscious. I thank you they're conscious of the love of God that's activated in them today. Say it with me out loud. In my life, will never be the same because God's love is in me and I'm going to act it out and I'm going to walk in it. And that perfect love casts out all fear. I have no fear in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, man.